does the best job. His ways, the Bible says his ways are perfect. That means you can't improve on them. Uh, and so he just leads step by step in what he's called us to do. And I think he's doing that uh, in this time now. Praise God. Uh, <clears throat> people, are, uh, during this conference, uh, I just want to encourage you about the importance of relationship. It's not just message only, but God wants us to, to, to appreciate one another and, and not only tell our story, but listen to somebody else's. And I think it's important to take the time to fellowship together. And so we encourage you that uh, in the mealtime, sit down with someone you don't know as well as someone you do and uh, find out about them a little bit. Find out what they're doing and how God is working in their life, their ministry. Uh, there, we have Friday afternoons. There's no activities here uh, at the church. Uh, Saturday afternoons the same way. And that's the that's time you can take somebody out and get them a cup of coffee and talk with them, fellowship with them. Even buy them a piece of pie if you get a lot of money. You know, uh, just go ahead and splurge on someone. And, but the main thing is spending some time, or you can go and rest if you'd like to. The important thing is it's not just having meetings all the time. It's finding relationships and fellowshipping in the body of Christ and strengthening ourselves by one another's uh, words. And sometimes just one word uh, from someone, just one action, can be something that opens something up. I remember years ago when I was in California and my, um, I was talking to my aunt and, and she was, uh, got, had gotten hungry for the Lord. And I was so bashful, I was afraid to say anything to her about the Holy Spirit. So I, as she got out of the car, I'd taken her someplace. I got out of the car, I just handed her a track and said, don't let the devil steal this from you. <laughs> and she read the track and got baptized in the Spirit. Okay. So just sharing things, just... Sometimes it's just a word here, a word there that'll lift you up and minister to you or you minister to someone else. So really do want to put an emphasis on that because uh, everything, uh, it's all wrapped up in relationship. Relationship is everything. First with him and then with one another, building up the body of Christ. Well, um, tonight we have some, some different ones we uh, want to share, take a short time to share and... Uh, Say is uh, um, are the Adams here? Where's the Adams? Okay, be ready. You're coming up. Okay, I don't know if you read the. We're ready. Okay, you're ready. Okay, all right. I've asked um, <laughs> uh, uh, Sister Pat Eccles. She just got back from a time in China, and she has a ministry over there. Uh, uh, she's in and out of there once or twice a year, and. She's always uh, really got some good things to share. So once you can come up, uh, Pat, yeah, you, you like a little help there? You can do it? Okay. Good. <laughs> Glad to have her. <laughs> she's, she's, she's planning to go back to China in September for two months. I think she's going to take this along till yeah. the Lord delivers you from that. Okay. I, I like to have my own share. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Pat Eckel. Okay, Pat. Well, we haven't yet gotten into the season where time shall be no more, so I need to get this rolling. Uh, 
Okay, well, that took a bit of, okay. <laughs> From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, all the nations. And we're here to declare the name of Jesus over every nation, including North Korea, including Cuba, including Vietnam. Don't get me started. <laughs> Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Doesn't matter what nationality, doesn't matter about economics, uh, education, every tribe, every nation, because there's no other name under heaven by which men can or may be saved, only Jesus. And we, the church, have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Think about it. Not just missionaries who go overseas, but we, the church. Jesus has redeemed us to God by his blood out of every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. So that's my sermon for tonight, okay? <laughs> now, I'll, be tell, I'll tell you about China, but um, first of all, you need to get a, a pencil and paper out because I want to give you a little thing to Google. It's called 10 Things Missionaries Will Never Tell You. And believe me, the missionaries here that have read it have said, yes, that is so. And I, I wish I could read them all to you, but we don't have time. But I will read one, and it's called Going Home is a Lot of Work. So it tells you what the missionary says, and then it tells you what they really mean. Okay, so what they say is, it's great to be home. But what they want to say is, please understand, I now have two homes. When I'm at one, I'm away from the other. And there is a lot of emotion involved, a lot of emotion involved in that. On top of that, my life is absolutely crazy when I go home. I have to see relatives and friends, visit with partner churches, take care of any number of issues that have arisen with my health, my electronic devices, and my government paperwork. Whether it's a few weeks or a few months, I spend my time living out of suitcases and hustling from one appointment to the next. Is it good to be home? Sure. But when I get on that plane to go to my other home, I breathe a sigh of relief that life is almost back to normal. <laughs> Ten things missionaries will never tell you. So you can Google that, and it'll take you right to the, the thing. Okay, well... I've had the privilege of working in China uh, since 1993. I actually lived there tw for 12 years, and then I came back to kind of take care of my parents, keep an eye on them. And I was teaching for about five years, and during that time, I developed relationships with Christian, with uh, Chinese Christians, with church leaders, and with other people that were there from different nations to share the gospel. And uh, then in 2005, I returned back. And so every twice a year, I go to China for a month. I went in May, and I'll go again in September. But this time, I'll stay for two months, September and October. Um, there is a large international Christian fellowship in Shenyang. It's made up of, um, I would say, probably 95% are students from African nations. And uh, they go to China to go to the medical university and to... Uh, the Aeronautics University, the schools there. 
And by the way, I have to say that what I say about China, I was in one city for those 12 years. So what I say applies to that city. You know, you'll hear different stories from all over. It's like America, wherever you go, different places, you're going to hear different stories because people are different in the different parts of the countries and what might be true in one area may not be true in another. Because I've heard some people speak about China and I'm going, well, I, I don't, I didn't see that. You know, well, you weren't there, you were there. So this applies to Northeast China, Shenyang, where I was. And uh, I met a lot of people, developed a lot of relationships which have, which have continued throughout the years. I still have a lot of students from when I was teaching in the university uh, who are keep in touch with me. I hear from them on New Chinese New Year, Mother's Day, my birthday, Christmas, days like that, you know. So I have eight adopted Chinese daughters and eight great grand eight grandchildren, not great grandchildren, but uh, and I spoil them royally. Um, one of the things when I was uh, first, the first few years I was there, um, most people uh, would go to a, uh, a public bathhouse for a shower or a bath. But the apartment that I lived in was provided by the university, and they had a bathtub. And so guess what we did in my bathtub? <laughs> my Christian friends would bring over the new believers <laughs> and dunk them in my tub. And I'd have to keep going, because they would start praising, hallelujah, and I'd go, quiet, quiet, you know, the neighbors are going to hear you. Stop, stop it, you know. But... Um, we, we, we did have a good time, so uh, I'm still in touch with a lot of those people and working with them now. And, you know, missions in China have been going on for at least a couple hundred years, but it's so exciting now because what is happening is China is sending out missionaries to the Middle Eastern countries. And these countries are open to Chinese. You know, they love China, but where Americans could not go. And it's just awesome to watch these people go out. And la if you were here last year, you heard Johnny Lee tell about Nexus and their ministry. And they couldn't be here uh, this time, but they said hello. And um, they wish they could be here. But they're traveling a lot. And um, so a lot of things have changed. And uh, there still is persecution. Uh, when I went this year, and every trip seems to be more anointed than the last. Before I went, the Lord told me, I want you to study, really study 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, and Romans 12, the ministries and gifts in the church, how they operate. And so I did, and when I went, I never know what I'm going to teach when I get there with the Chinese, you know, because I get there, like one year when I arrived, a group met me at the airport, we all went to the hotel, and then I said to them, okay, what would you like me to teach this time? And they said, we want you to teach on forgiveness. That's a big thing in the Asian countries. And I said, okay, what time would you like to meet tomorrow? And they said, no, we're here now. <laughs> I said, give me 10 minutes. <laughs> Where's my Strong's Concordance in my computer, you know? Thank God for technology, you know. I got the, bought a tablet a couple of years ago. I got all the books in there and everything, you know, so you don't have to take all that smuggle, uh, not smuggle, take all that stuff in. Uh, 
You know, most of my Chinese friends have, have asked me, have you ever been arrested or been, been in jail since you've been here? I'm almost ashamed to say, no, I haven't. The Lord's been protecting me. Because it's almost like if you haven't been in jail, you're not really a real Christian, you know. So, uh, and so, you know, it's not till I come home from trips that I think, man, I should have been more careful. I don't even think about it. You know, I just go in and I guess that's why the Lord just overshadows me, you know, so praise the Lord. But anyway, it's, uh, and also on this trip, um, anybody that's known me for a while knows I've, uh, all my life I've wanted to go to Russia. So, because when I was in the second grade, um, the Lord put a burden in my heart for communist countries. I didn't know it was a burden then. I was going to Catholic school. It wasn't until I became a Christian at the age of 20 and started reading God Smuggler and uh, Tortured for Christ and all those books that, you know, and I would tell my pastor, I want to go to Russia. I bought a little black bag and I calculated how many little Russian Bibles I can put in the bottom and put in a false bottom and I had all these plans, you know. But I never did get to go to Russia yet, but on this trip to China in Shenyang, which is way up near the Russian and North Korean border, I met two Russian ladies in the in the International Fellowship. So after speaking at a, um, in May they have a, a worship conference for a week and in, in September they have a singles conference and I go each time and share. So after a week of ministry on Monday, these girls called me and said, are you busy tonight? And something that maybe a missionary won't tell you is, well, I really would like to have the night off. <laughs> and. You know, I, I can't lie because my face turns red and I laugh when I lie. So, uh, I said, oh, no, I, well, we were on the phone. I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm not busy tonight. And they go, oh, we want to take you to a Russian restaurant. I'm like, wow, here in Shenyang? Because it's close to the Russian border and there's hundreds of Russians that come down. And some of them are students. They go to school and some of them come down and buy things and, you know, go back and sell them and, I said, oh, okay, yeah, that would be great. So they took me to this little, it had one table, you know, one table. You walk in and there's a little cooking area and then there's a little area with the food and stuff. And this woman was a Russian woman and her Chinese husband that owned the place. And they cook stuff for the students at the university near their restaurant. And she just made us a feast. And I went out of there carrying gifts. And, and I know a few Russian words and I tried them out, and she goes, wow, you don't even have an accent when you speak Russian. Go, wow, this is, get out my Rosetta Stone, and you know. Spasiba, do svidania. So I think, you know, we talked about um, whenever I come to have a Bible study and, you know, a time of ministry, so the Lord's just expanding, you know. As you get older, you don't get, I mean, who retires? Who ever heard of a missionary retiring? I mean, I've heard of a couple, but I mean, it, it increases, right? It just keeps increasing, increasing, but so does the anointing, so does the strength, so do the resources. I mean, in this year, the Lord spoke at the beginning of the year, not just to me, but to many people, that this is a year of release, and it has been for me. So I've been able to get out and um, just be able to do what the Lord has called me to do. So in September, I'm going to go again, and I'm going for two months. 
In September, the month of September, I'll be sharing at the Singles Conference and teaching. I work with uh, four different house churches in China. They call them family groups now. They don't, so we used to call them the underground church and, you know, things like that. But now they call themselves the family churches. And they're all different. You know, one group meets in a small group and they sing quietly and they're, very, you know, they have to be very quiet in the building that they're in. They, they don't meet in churches. They can't have church buildings. So they meet in apartments or homes, you know. Um, another group meets in an apartment, but they're very vocal, very open. And then there's another group that there's about 700 people and they have a church building and the police attend their church. So, you know, one guy was there for about a year and he went to the pastor and he said, I've been sent here to catch you doing something wrong. He says, I've been here for a year and I haven't seen anything yet that you're doing wrong. So, and it's a very charismatic, spirit-filled, anointed church, you know. So, praise God. So, he opens doors. Um, you might notice I'm wearing a little um, tiny handcuffs here. It's, to remind, it's a reminder to pray for the persecuted church. The Bible says to remember those that are in chains and in prison as if you were there with them. You know, when we think about prisons here, you know, most of the prisons here, cable TV, work gyms to work out, you know, uh, decent food, warm beds, a roof over their head, you know, that's not the way it is in these other countries. If you, want a, if you want a good description of what prison can be like, read a book called Captive in Iran. It's written by two young women who were in prison in Iran for their, for their um, faith. I haven't finished the book, so I can't tell you exactly how long they were in there. But they describe when they went in and said they were just thrown a dirty, urine-smelling blanket. You know, it was all dried, and uh, that was what they got to cover themselves in the cold night to sleep on the cement floor. You know, and I, I, don't, I won't even describe. It's just it's really hard to read. I saw them on, uh, on a live-streamed um, service a few weeks ago, and just to hear their testimony. And, but that was... I mean, that's, God opened the doors for them to minister to every prison in there. I went to North Korea for a few days, a few years ago, with a friend, another missionary, and we were saying, yeah, I can just imagine our pastor getting up and saying, oh, now we have a prison ministry in North Korea. <laughs> Kathy and Pat aren't coming back, you know. <laughs> Sounds kind of funny, but, you know, there are three Americans being held there now. Uh, so... And I've said before, in North Korea, when you get caught with the Bible, they execute you. If you get caught as a Christian, they will execute you. But that's not all. They will put in prison three generations of your family. So if I, I've been single all my life, but if I were married and had kids, they would take my parents, my spouse, my kids, and they would end up in the gulag, or whatever it's called for the rest of their lives, just for being a Christian. We just, we, so hard to comprehend the freedoms that we have. I'm just finished reading a book called God Less America, and it documents things that are happening in America 
to people, to Christians, you know, who are trying to live their lives to witness for the Lord. We just, you know, who knows what's going to be down the road. We, we buy little books called Promises of God, you know, and I've, I've bought them and carried them in my pocket. And when you're discouraged, you open the book. And, well, there is a promise in God's word. It says those who live godly lives will be persecuted. They will suffer persecution. We don't know exactly what that means here, but I don't think God's going to let us off lightly. You know, the, the persecution, the crushing of the rose is what makes the fragrance come forth. So we need to be prepared for whatever. What, what would you do if, if you had grandchildren and somebody was holding a gun to one of their heads and said, if you don't denounce Christ, I'm going to torture your child in front of you? We can't imagine that, but, but it happens. It happens. But thank God we are victorious. God gives us the strength and the grace for whatever situation we're in. I know Chiapas is on one of the lists of the, uh, um, there, there's a card, there's a table out here, and I have all kinds of um, newsletters and things from other groups and organizations that I kind of work with and support that work with the persecuted church. Um, there's a, uh, you might want to get one of these cards. It's the top 10 countries in the world that are, and North Korea is always number one. But you might want to get with those to stick in your Bible. You can take anything from the table, but don't touch the bear. I can't go anywhere without riffraff. So he just likes to sit out there and watch the crowd go by. He's a missionary bear. So <laughs> he's ministered to. So anyway, I, I guess I'll close with that. You know, we just want to remember what God is doing in the earth. And, you know, you're all a part of it. Maybe you don't go out of Stillwater, but you pray, you support us. We're all a part of what God is doing in the earth. And we couldn't do it without you. And I, I get to be the first one to say to the church, thank you so much for this conference. I was not able to be here last year. And... Uh, you know, I want to especially thank the people who work in the kitchen. Every time I would come back from the conference, my mom would look at me and she'd go, you've been eating quite well the last week, haven't you? And I said, yes, and I'm going to do it next year too. <laughs> so I'm just really thankful that I was able to come and, and be with y'all. And I'm looking forward to just opportunities to sit. And if any of you missionaries out there want to invite me to your country, I will be glad to be there. I'm working on my Spanish. Buenos dias. Como esta? I'm asking the Lord to give me these languages, Russia, Russian, Chinese, uh, Spanish, you know, but it doesn't, he hasn't just given it to me yet. I have to study, so... You know, <laughs> praise the Lord. But with God's anointing, we are always triumphant. Thanks be unto God who causes us always to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you.